This week on the Ocean Cruisers podcast, Andy is speaking with Sasha and Ra from the YouTube sailing channel Spirit Animal. Sasha has been cruising the waters of the US since being a small girl on Lake Erie as well as spending time with her family in Florida. Raf is from Central Florida and spent time hunting and fishing before getting a taste of ocean life and purchasing his first catamaran. They met each other cruising the Caribbean and decided to buy a boat together and sail around the world. They bought a sinking 50-foot Beneteau that turned into a mega refit project and spent a year preparing the boat for a circumnavigation. They are now planning to head south out of the Caribbean to the Panama Canal and start crossing oceans. If you want to follow Sasha and Raf, check out their YouTube channel, Spirit Animal. Follow the Ocean Cruisers on Instagram and Facebook and join our Patreon community to support the production. Both from Florida. No, so... I was born in Central Florida in uh, Winter Haven, which is like dead center of the state. So it wasn't, yeah. you know, I grew up bass fishing and catching alligators. I didn't grow up around sailboats or weird you know, nice. hogs and stuff, man. Yeah. So, mm. uh, and I was pretty much the complete opposite. I, yeah. I was actually born in California because my parents had their cruising boat over there and then um, grew up mostly in Michigan after that, but flew down to Florida all the time to go cruising on mm. that same boat. My dad actually had a, a 1987 young son built and like commissioned in Taiwan and yeah. sailed around the Pacific for five years. So the boat ended up in Florida and just grew up sailing that during the winters and then sailing small boats on Lake Erie in Michigan in the summertime. So I've been on a sailboats pretty much my entire life. Yeah, she's got pictures of her and her sisters like <laughs> looking like spy kids on the side of these little <laughs> sailboats. They're like, you know, 10 years old, <laughs> hanging on the side with their glasses on and their sailing boots. Like they look legit. Yeah. Yeah, Elizy looked it. <laughs> yeah, so you you were literally born into it, and then you were born into it. Uh, do you, what do you do? Do you fish for alligators or do you hunt for alligators? What do you say? Yeah, uh, it depends on <laughs> depends <laughs> who you're talking to. <laughs> who you're talking to, but uh, right. so basically, um, yeah, you can you can fish for them. Uh, basically you bait a hook, but you're not allowed to use hooks in Florida. You have to use a wooden peg. So you put like a piece of chicken or something on a wooden peg, wait till they swallow it. And then you, it's a, it's a lot, but basically I've, I've, we, we usually take big treble hooks and cast them, put like a big fat weight on them, zip tie, like a, uh, uh, glow stick to it. Cause we're doing this at nighttime. That's the only way you can really see them because at night their their eyes will glow orange. So we'll zip tie a um, glow stick on the hook, cast it like a hundred yards, and try to cast right over their eye, and then just set that hook. And once they get close enough, then we try to get the harpoon in them, and then uh, use, use a bang stick to finish the job. <laughs> Sounds like some Game of Thrones type of stuff, just catching dinosaurs, like little yeah, dinosaurs, but nonetheless. Yeah, It'll get the heartbeat going for sure. <laughs> yeah, I bet it will. We went to, I used to go to Florida a lot when I was younger. I remember the first time I had like alligator nuggets. I thought yeah. they were they were actually really nice. All right. So, so you both kind, well, kind of from Florida or well, yeah. you're, Raph, you're from Florida and uh, Sash, you spent a lot of time there. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly like Tampa yeah. area. And then we'd sail up and down the West coast of Florida. So that that's like where most of my cruising growing up was between there and, and Key West. Amazing. A couple of times, but yeah. So. It's, it's such a good place to live for sailing. I mean, like the Keys is, be, I mean, Florida is amazing. Anyway, it's my favorite state, but like the Keys are so stunning. And then you've got the Bahamas just like a stone throw away. It's just such a great place to live if you own a sailboat. Yeah, yeah. for real. Well, the majority of her racing, wasn't it in Michigan? Yeah. They so live on- I sailed like small, like 420s and lasers. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, what yeah. I during the summertime um and yeah for years on lake erie so on the eastern like the most eastern side if you look at the hand (laughs) this one right here Mm. yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's what i do when i try to figure out east and west as well (laughs) so okay that side so i mean you you were pretty much destined to like live on the water in a way it's kind of been bred into you as you've grown up Yes. Like growing up, my parents actually met in the Pacific while my dad was cruising. So, you know, my oh, sister nice. heard these stories of sailing the Pacific and all the treasure and 
like, because there's a lot of warships that sunk over there. So my dad did a lot of diving there and just, it sounded so incredible. And honestly, from a young age, that's all I wanted to do. And so, um, I actually started sailing like the way Raph and I met was I was sailing on my dad's boat with my sister and we were cruising for probably, we did it for about two years before him and I met. And then we buddy boated for a few, like what, eight months. Yeah. Something like that. So I, yeah, my sister and I were sailing on our dad's boat in that time. And we, it it was just something we dreamed of doing for so long. So, but then your story is like, (laughs) you have to hear it. I was going to say, so. How he ended up on a sailboat. Pretty good. Was it, was it a gamble or was it, was it a bet that you won or something? (laughs) (laughs) No, man, I got hooked on the ocean, like from a young age as well, I I guess. Uh, Oh, nice. We kind of, you know, no one really showed us the ropes being from Central Florida. We didn't know anyone on the coast or anyone else doing it. So uh, we had like a little 18 foot boat to start out with just me and my family. And we started going hundreds of miles offshore, catching tuna and stuff in this little single engine boat. And eventually we started crossing the Bahamas. And I think I was 16 years old. Once you cross an ocean the first time, like even if it's just from Florida to the Bahamas, which is like. I think it was 65 miles to the closest island. But once you do that one time and you don't see land, it, it's a different feeling, man. It's kind of crazy. And I got yeah, hooked yeah. when we did that. And I think at 16, I rode a jet ski to the Bahamas. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, I was just like, we were <laughs> ready, man. Yeah, it was like, it. I, I, I became addicted with it. And um, so then... I just had, you know, we, I was in the Bahamas one time and I saw these two sailboats just come hauling ass past us. And they were like two racing catamarans, probably million dollar boats easily. But I was sitting there on my friend's boat, just looking at these boats zipping by and it just dawned on me. I'm like, oh my God, they're using the wind. Like they're sailing anywhere they want for free. And of course, we all, <laughs> that is far from the truth, you know, but, but I remember. <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. And uh, I remember being hooked. And from that point, I think I was like 19. Whenever I saw those boats, I was like, I'm buying a boat and I'm going to do it. And then I almost did it by myself. I had like, I maybe saved up like $3,000 and I was about to buy just probably, probably look for a scrap boat and just go. But then a hurricane hit, I got busy with work and um, ended up being like, you know, seven years went by and finally I convinced one of my buddies to do it with me. He was also from central Florida, knew nothing about sailing. Neither, neither of us had even stepped on a sailboat at this point. Mm -hmm. And I convinced him to do it. And, um, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it for a year with you. So, you know, we started looking for boats and we both had about a hundred grand to our name at this point. So we're, we were just like, you know, let's just finance something nice and just, you know, Go big. Let's just jump right into it. So <laughs> let's go deep. Yeah, his finances were clean. Like he worked for the Navy. So he was just like, he actually was able to get a loan. And mm. well, I kind of jumped ahead there. So basically, me and him were heading down to Key West to go watch my buddy play in a band. And we just jumped in the car. We're heading down there. On the way down, uh, I was looking at Facebook Marketplace and a catamaran popped up in Marathon. And so I was just like, yo, swing in here real quick. Let's take a peek at it. We jump on the catamaran. It's a 39 foot leopard, 2012, 39 foot leopard catamaran. It was really nice. Okay. And um, yeah, we jumped on it. We were on it for 30 minutes and we left and we put an offer on that thing ASAP. First sailboat that we had. (laughs) First one. (laughs) Yeah. We were like, dude, this is sick, man. Biggest boat ever. (laughs) I wish we would have went on like, I wish we would have looked at a couple more boats because like the leopard 40 is a foot bigger, but it's like way bigger or like the, you know, the next year is, mm. is even just huge. You know, this 39, it was an awesome boat, but it definitely was a little bit small for the circumnavigation that I wanted to want to do, you know? Okay. So anyways, we ended up putting down a deposit on this boat and, um, and then we had to figure out the financing and there was only one person that financed us and out of like 20 different companies. And so we were able to acquire financing and yeah, we jumped on that boat 
pushed off the dock and went out to the ocean like two miles off and just started pulling on ropes and we're just like trying to figure out how to make it move and it took us about an hour but <laughs> we got that thing moving man and in like a week's time i, <laughs> I would say i was a pretty good sailor <laughs> but you didn't meet uh, sasha a little bit earlier she might have saved you a bit of trouble there teaching you how to sail <laughs> yeah it was wild man i remember like it was like the second day we sailed. I think we almost tipped that thing. We were getting like, we were in like some really rough seas and we were just no reef. We didn't even know what a reef was until like three months after we owned the boat, we're sitting there talking to this guy and he's like, yeah, you got to reef it. And we're like, what is, what is, what is reefing? And he's like, wait, he's like, all right, this is how you reef. And this is, how you do it. And we're like, oh yeah. So that really saved our asses a few times. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome, mate. Is that is this boat still floating or what happened it's to floating. it? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. floating. <laughs> so that's when. So me and Ben, we took off. That was who I bought the boat with. Me and Ben took off into the Caribbean, and we were, you know, hide a hurricane season. Hide a hurricane <laughs> season. We left at in like the beginning of September. Like stupid. We didn't even know, man. Straight in right. the. Box. This is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And somehow we managed to dodge the hurricanes. I've got a video where there's like five of them all around us, like in every direction. But uh, yeah, we managed to bypass those. And then, I don't know, four months later, we crossed paths with them. Yeah. With the far side in the Exumas in Georgetown. Yeah. And uh, and then once we went, we met them and um, then we buddy boated with them for like the next eight months. Yeah. So after that, we sailed back here into Fort Lauderdale, sold the cat, and then just bought this monohull, which is the the thing that has absorbed the last year of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a, that's going to be like that's a good thing to talk about. So you 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 so did you sell the cat because your mate wanted to go one way and you you, you guys wanted to yeah. do your own thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. In his name, yeah. and I had burned through all my money. Like when we in that in that year we went out, like oh man, we lived it up. Like we just had the best time of our lives. And then we got back, and he wanted to sell the boat, and so you know I had to sell it. I couldn't afford to buy him out. So yeah, yeah. So he committed to yeah, year. Fair enough. Gave it to us, so that was good. Yeah. And it was kind of the same for me. I, I, you know. At that point, I realized I wanted to put money into my own boat. And um, so gave the boat, we gave the boat back to our dad and my sister is, um, I don't, we just, you know, wanted to go follow our own paths for a little while. And then Rob and I, we made it official. And so then we went into this project boat together and yeah, that was the last year of our lives. (laughs) Yeah. The first time we- I cannot imagine like how stressful that must be for a new couple. Like you buy like a- more or less well not destroyed but it needed a lot of work i think and like you do that together as a new couple that's crazy i don't know if you've seen any of the episodes or or kept up with any of it but basically i found i got a hard money loan for the boat so i bought it like you know on credit (laughs) okay yeah and i got the boat and it was sinking like literally sinking we were bailing out water it was just a whole mess man the guy sold it to me he didn't even Mm. tell me that he couldn't get it under the bridge that was right outside the marina this guy only owned it for six months because he couldn't get it out of the bridge a fixed bridge there yeah and he sold it to me and then we found out why. so he got it flip so he hauled it to the marina he got it hauled to the marina and then he realized that he actually couldn't sail it out of the marina Someone drove it in, but knocked all the instruments off the top of the mast. Like they hit the bridge. And then I guess they came in on a, like a super low tide, Mm -hmm. like a king Mm -hmm. or whatever. And, um, and then they sold it to us. So it could get out of the bridge. And luckily when we bought it and we found out it happened to be a king tide that day too. And the boat was like halfway sunk. So that is really the only reason why we were able to get it under the boat. I lowered it a bit. <laughs> yeah. Good on you. Okay. Weak, like I'm talking like half an inch. It was, it was really gnarly. Yeah. I've seen some like photos and videos of like people, um, you know, like climbing up the mast, like a few guys up there and they're like hanging off the halyards trying to get the thing to like tip over. It seems like it's, it could actually work as well, though I wouldn't try yeah. it. 
say like we awesome. could have even put barrels or like the dinghy, but we didn't have a dinghy or anything. So, yeah. you know, we just mm. decided to go with plan A and then go on from there if that didn't work. So, yeah. What made you choose that boat? Was it, was it again, was it like the first one you saw and it looked like a good deal or uh, were you looking specifically for like that type of vessel? Yeah. That's it was specific. not a good deal. It was a horrible deal. I have. <laughs> right okay <laughs> so bad I, I overpaid so hard for this boat but it was during the height of covid man everyone wanted to buy a sailboat and disappear so boat yeah it's a hot market and as the second a boat was listed it was getting sold in less than a week so yeah. i was flying all around panama bahamas uh, uh like saint Simon, martin yeah. like i i mm. was looking at boats all over the place and then I was about to fly to Croatia because I really wanted that 50 foot Beneteau. I just loved the layout. I had no clue about, you know, how it was built mm. or the bones it had. I just thought it was a 50 foot boat. Like this thing's going to be a beast. And so I went to St. Martin, found one and it was for 150 grand. And then on, like we were in under contract verbally. Like I was like, yeah, I'll buy it. And we shook hands. And then on the way back, one popped up in St. Augustine for 120. 120 grand. And I ended up just going to it. And basically the, the broker just hustled the hell out of me. He was like, man, the engine only has 2000 hours. Like this works, that works. It's a solid boat. And he was just a very genuine guy. And I'm, I just trusted his ass and he burned me. <laughs> oh, and I like, yeah, I was surprised a boat broker. I was like, yeah, I looked at it, you know, I saw the water in it and I, I it was just rainwater because all the hatches had been open when mm. he came to look at it. Yeah. So. All the hatches were open. So I was like, oh, it must've been raining in here. The guy's like, you know, hasn't, you know, it was neglected and I tasted the water and everything. And, and I was a contractor before this. So like, I thought I had an eye for everything and, you know, I'm not scared <laughs> to fix anything. So so I was in my head, I'm like, it's 2006. How bad could it be? Like, what's the worst that could happen? And yeah. so I was just like, whatever, I just want the boat. So took that hard money loan, bought the boat and then realized this boat needs another 120 grand and work done to it. It was bad. Yeah. Well, what, what, I mean, they are good boats like that. So that um, that's not brand that model of Beneteau. They would they are super popular in the Med um yeah. like for, for 10 charter. years that yeah 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 for chartering yeah well they last a long time like the strong like that that was when beneteau made like super solid hulls as well um you know like yeah. uh, glassed stringers and all that like they're, they're pretty strong bows but what was so bad what was so wrong with it like what what needed fixing it had so you know we sailed it to saint augustine no to fort from, from saint augustine to fort lauderdale and mm. the second we pushed off the dock like the transmission was going slipping out on us um and then right you know every the, there was nothing that worked the autopilot like none of the instruments um none of the refrigerators all the toilets were leaking the boat was halfway sinking there was nothing it was literally a fiberglass shell that only floated if you bailed mm. out the water faster than it was coming in so yeah like it was <laughs> right, then, okay so we get to fort lauderdale bail out the water and we start pulling up floorboards which were all delaminated because the water had just been sitting in there so long so all the flooring needed to be replaced and after we pulled it all up mm. like the whole keel the whole bottom of the boat has been patched up like crazy a huge huge fiberglass job along where the keel attaches to the entire bottom of the boat and then we found other patch big uh, patch rudder and then we started you know talking to people and you know People reached out to us People that reached knew out history to us. about the boat. Yeah, and they were like, I saw that boat halfway sunk in the right. after Irma. And so this thing has yeah. just been mollywopped in a hurricane. Oh. Like it was, it's just had tons of holes in it, tons of damage, just a bunch of structural damage. Some of the bulkhead, like Beneteau uses like this crazy, mm -hmm. some sort of glue to, to glue in their bulkheads together. Mm -hmm. And they glue their, their the shell mm -hmm. of the boat together with that glue. And so if you ground really hard. Oh, yeah it can separate and so we had some separation yeah. some of the bulkheads yeah. and stuff like that so and the rudder had also they definitely backed into something because the whole rudder shaft had been re-glassed in so yeah we just found a lot of repair work and then on top of that yeah so find all this repair work and now we're like great so like 
then we we start digging into the engine to do uh -oh. just basic stuff like uh change the oil change the belts and hoses whatever mm -hmm. just look through it new coolant yeah we realized that the, like half the engine had been eaten up by electrolysis there wasn't any zincs on this boat so we had to replace like seven thousand dollars in engine parts at least maybe yeah. maybe like eight or nine thousand dollars oh the hell Oh, and the transmission. Yeah, we probably yeah. paid like nine grand in engine parts. So we rebuilt the engine on anchor yeah. while the boat was still sinking. We're bailing <laughs> water and rebuilding the whole engine. It was hell, man. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, like the fridge, nothing. Well, why, what, why was so much water coming into the boat? There was multiple reasons. Multiple reasons. A lot of the okay. through holes. Electro, like, so after we hauled out, like I tapped on one of the through holes, which was yeah. a brass through hole. Yeah barely tapped on it and it snapped off like with Facts. less than a pound of pressure. Yeah. That's how eaten up the, all mm -hmm. the, the through holes were. Like the fact that that didn't fall over while mm -hmm. we were sailing down from St. Augustine is an absolute miracle. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, really some coming in from that. Um, and then the, what was it? The prop staff seal was worn out. So there was water pouring in from there. The rudder bearing, that bottom. Yeah. 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 The rudder bearing. There was a few areas, but mm -hmm. it's not taking on water now. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, like apart from the transmission and the engine obviously being in pretty bad condition, the rest of it just sounds like normal maintenance stuff that somebody probably should have replaced like five or six years ago. And if they did, you wouldn't have had issues. Yeah. We maybe well, yeah if he would have replaced if, some zincs it would have saved a lot. it yeah 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 so we like we gutted the entire boat so it doesn't look the same mm, at all we gutted it patched it oh it looks it. great now like it looks really yeah. nice <laughs> we rewired the entire boat we ripped out every wire in it because they were all you know corroded and messed up even on the inside yeah. you cut three feet back and it was still green and black which is another reason we think it was underwater too you know so it's all water corrosion yeah Literally, there was nothing mm. on this boat we haven't redone. So, yeah. and, and, you know, some people might say, you know, we probably didn't need to do that, but we, we did everything we had to do. We might've done a little extra in certain areas just to make it look cool. Cause we've already gone this yeah. far, but we definitely had to do everything. To Most, mostly with like our dream of going around the world, mm. the, we wanted to make as little maintenance as possible. So if we did it all right the first time and. Yeah. No, just updated it all we wouldn't have to worry about it hopefully for a few years yeah so yeah for sure especially with like the electrical wiring like if it's like you said if you kept on cutting it back and back and back and the wires are still like black and green it's definitely been sat in water like for sure it's been sat in water and like if you didn't replace that you just end up with voltage issues like at some point yeah. or you know you add another appliance onto that wire and then you just can't get the same voltage through so stuff stops working so yeah yeah, it's so it's like you have to replace it. That into when you buy the boat, you're like, oh yeah, it's gonna need like thirty grand in work. Nope, like that wire, oh that four gauge goodness. wire is like fifteen bucks a foot. It's expensive stuff. Like Three hundred feet of this thing, like to get from the back to the front to all the batteries we put in, like I don't know, we probably spent five grand in mm -hmm. wire easily. I mean, you've learned some lessons, haven't you, for the next boat that you get? Oh, <laughs> I would like to think we've learned them all. You know, I'm sure we got. <laughs> I, you know, we have, we don't have the most sailing miles under our belts, but we are seasoned like none other, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But the thing is like, if the boat lasts a long time and you've done, you've done all the work to it now and you've, you know, you've replaced all the pieces that need replacing, it's probably, you know, you're probably going to maintain it. Well, you'll probably yeah. still get your money out of it, even what you paid and what you put into it. If you keep sailing it and you are planning on going into the Pacific and all that. So it would still be oh, yeah. worth it. Yeah. 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 Well, we spent an entire year of our lives, like we literally a whole year, almost to a, to, a, to the same yeah. day rebuilding it. So mm -hmm. like none of that's factored in. We didn't, we, you know, we might break even on what we paid for it and what we're going to sell it for, but we didn't get paid for an entire year of work, you know, yeah. and we were working like, you know, well, 12, 16 yeah, yeah. every day. Yeah. Like we were living on this boat and mm -hmm. we didn't, as we were walking on the grid, we didn't have a refrigerator we're living out of an ice chest like showering in buckets showering out of it buckets <laughs> sleeping on bean bags outside like yeah. bad dude so bad <laughs> and so but we made it through all that and hopefully well, 
<laughs> so the so the day we started dating was the day that like when we made it official was the day that we basically went to St. Augustine to sail it down. So like our relationship started off in a sinking sailboat that needed a ton of work and we made it through all the hard parts. <laughs> it was the ultimate test. Such a good metaphor as well. Like this is where the relationship started on a sinking ship. Like <laughs> can only get better from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's sure. wild. So so what was that year like? Like so you you took it down to Fort Lauderdale, then like you realized you needed to do a lot on a lot of work on the boat. Like, did you have the money to do it or did you have to like get loans? Did you have to borrow cash? Like, yeah. how did it go? Yeah, basically. Uh, so we bought that, bought that boat on a hard money loan from this guy that I knew, you know, he knew, he, he knows me. I've done fixed up a couple of his houses for him. He really trusts me, knows I'm a man of my word. So he gave me the money to buy the boat and I was thinking in my head, okay, when the catamaran sells, I'll have like a hundred grand from that. And I can, you know, pay off Steve, you know, maybe half the money now and, and then use the other half to fix this boat up. Well, after the boat sold and like I yeah. paid off all the credit, like my credit cards and stuff like that, I had like 30 grand in my name, maybe in a dinghy hmm. and a little beater truck. So like yeah. the $30,000, <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't enough to pay Steve back at a, clearly. Or so, do the work on or the do the work on the boat. Yeah. So I would we were sitting there on anchor. Now I'm like, oh my God, when are you know, how are we gonna fix this boat up? So yeah. immediately we started using the money to fix up the engine. That's when we dumped like nine grand into the engine just so we could get it to the boatyard. And then we get yeah. to the boatyard, you know, the engine started up. We were only missing one bolt after it was all done. <laughs> and it started on the first crank. Started on the first crank. And uh, nice, <laughs> that's good. We got to the boatyard, and the whole time the engine wasn't reaching full RPMs. So now we've dumped nine grand into this engine. Hmm. The boat is only getting up to like 1200 RPMs, and we're like, great, this engine is trash. We just, you know, threw nine grand in the trash. And so then we, but we're getting hauled out that day. And now this is where we're like, do we paint the boat? You know, do we paint this shit or do we like, <laughs> what do we do? What do we do? You know, because the <laughs> working the Leave boat the country, <laughs> like yeah. So we ended up painting the boat, replacing all the through holes. We did everything we could to the outside of the boat, got it back in the water, and the engine. It was just the bottom of the boat was just filthy. So that's the only reason why it wasn't reaching our hands. Yeah. So. Like there was a forest growing on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. The reason we didn't know that was because oh, the- I saw that on one of your yeah. videos. Well, the broker had told oh, us. Oh, so that was the reason for the boat not going. Yeah. Above 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. But the broker had told us it had just gotten cleaned. So, you know, and the whole, all the water we were sailing through was so nasty. We didn't want to hop in and yeah. check. But so we took him on his word again. And when we hauled out, it was yeah. a forest. Like so, three feet. Oh, yeah. It looked bad. Stuff. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, yeah. So then basically those funds dwindled down really quickly and then i ended up securing another loan <laughs> which was enough to pay steve back and have some in my account <laughs> so yeah so okay. in the clear now i now i got a, a mortgage loan a proper one from the bank oh, cool. and uh and now we have a lot of money to pay off yeah a lot of money to pay off <laughs> and the whole plan right, is- fair enough the whole plan was to pay it off through YouTube. We're like, screw it. I'm just going to put all my eggs in one basket and we're going to pay this off through YouTube. And so far it has not been paying off. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to keep spinning it until we get to close to zero. Cause worst case we can always charter. Yeah. Now we got a badass boat. We know yeah. we can make money chartering. We got tons of people that want to come out nonstop that we're just like, yeah. you know, putting to the side cause we're trying to attack the YouTube thing. So uh, we're going to, continue to do the youtube route until that fails yeah if it does it won't that that's the great thing about the location that you're in as well if you've got a decent boat like 50 footer and you've got a spare couple of cabins you can you can bring in a few grand four grand a week easy like taking yeah. some people oh, out like 100 yeah crazy mate. you can print money if you've got a nice boat and you're a skipper and you can like host people and you can throw a party you can make a crazy amount of cash charging Definitely throw a party. 100%. Well, we want to get out of. (laughs) 
we're trying to get out of Fort Lauderdale, but I mean, the Bahamas is such a close flight for anyone in Florida that, you know, people would mm. people want to actually want to fly out. To, they want to do the charters yeah. in the Bahamas, not in Fort Lauderdale, you know, and, and what the spearfish yeah. free diving, all that. There's so many things you can do out there. Right. Sash, you, you do a lot of free diving. I've, I know like you put uh, photos on Instagram where you're just like surrounded by sharks. It looks utterly <laughs> insane. Um, what do are you both into spearfishing or is or like Raph, is this something that came more from your side? Yeah. Well, mostly my sister and I, when we went out, we were like, oh, or we got those small three prong from West Marine, you know, just the basic ones. We're like, okay, we're going to get into spearfishing. Well, with those, mm-hmm. you can really only shoot lobster and like lionfish, you know? So then the following yeah. year we went out, we got a real pole spear with the slip tip and all that. And then a couple months after sailing in the Bahamas, we, we ran across him and Roth has like years of spearfishing or quite a few more than I do at least. And so he taught us a couple things here and there. And of course we were sailing together for like eight months. So we picked up a lot from him and yeah. just, we just started slaying on the reefs. They were both um, swimmers in college. Yeah. Like swam for 17 right. years. Yeah. So they were very comfortable. Oh, nice. But when we met, what y'all were, y'all were, we, we were, they were shooting much fish. Like, they, they weren't shooting much fish yeah. at all. We were, we were definitely putting the food on the table, but it didn't take long for them to get on board. And within like what, two weeks, they were diving 60 Probably. feet and shooting big groupers and all that. You yeah. Know? So, and then after that, wow. our average, like between 60 to 80 feet is what we were diving. Yeah. We were on hunt- a daily basis. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. That's wild. So I pretty much, yeah, rough, rough taught me a lot of what I know. Um, but it was always something, you know, as Roth said, I was always very comfortable in the water and it was something I'd wanted to get mm. into. It's just, it's just tough if you're trying to figure it out yourself. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Oh, do you know, like, okay, so Raph is pro- probably more from your side then, like the, you know, the free diving and spearfishing and all that sounds like it. At what point do you go from, you know, you're just snorkeling on the surface and you're checking stuff out to be able to like free dive down to 60 feet and just like hang out waiting for fish. Like how long does that take to be able to train yourself to do that and be comfortable with it? Um, for me, it's whenever <laughs> my friend called me a pussy, you know, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I probably can't say that word. Sorry, but uh, for me, <laughs> you're fine. He called me a little girl and was like, come on, dude. And, no, actually, I guess like we started out diving to 30 feet and 30, you know, 20 to 30 feet. You start diving 20 feet, 30 feet looks deep. You're like, wow. I'm gonna, and then you get to 30 feet and then 40 feet is like really deep. And you're like, oh, you know, it just for me it was a, a learning game and I was never properly trained until this year when we were in the Bahamas. I, yeah. you know, we well, met we, freediver Steph, who's actually a she good. trains um, freedivers. Free yeah. yeah. And t- teaches you proper technique, which I recommend everyone doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, because before yeah. it was just me and my friends is, you know, Wild West out there. We were just holding our breaths about to black out every time and just going straight back down and with no know, trained buddies like you know we would drink a beer to, to <laughs> okay. so yeah um but I think that was the same for me because after we met obviously we were diving deeper but it wasn't till after we did our um free diving course with Steph that we you learn the function of your body how you know how to hold breath mm. and just get comfortable in the water yeah. and then she's go- we actually both dove what 115 feet yeah. is our max dive so and i would say that for wow. like for me it took me a while to get up to that point yeah. but for someone like going looking back at it if i would have done that course i could mm-hmm. have been down that deep in three days because yeah. a lot of it's just mentally knowing your body mm-hmm. like being aware of the signs you know your fingers turning white or you just know that you're being able to understand that contractions are okay and you don't need to breathe when you feel that and you got to fight that urge and there's just a lot of things that yeah. you know yeah. that you're you kind of learned that took me a while to learn that I could have learned in a couple of days in a class so yeah. for instance if you came out there we could yeah. probably have you down to 100 feet in like a week if you've never dove before as long as you're comfortable it's all about being comfortable in the water yeah which which uh has to do yeah. with as well yeah you know? 
Yeah. Where are you at right now? We're based in Malaga, which is like the southernmost city in Spain. Um, is it the southernmost city? Maybe Gibraltar is. I don't know. That's technically not in Spain, but yeah, it's the very south of Spain. And our boat is in the our boat was in the south of Greece. We just got we just picked up some guns from Mythicon. They're they're like Greek. a family owned company Greek. out of yeah, they're Greek. I actually went over there a couple years ago. Uh, well, it's probably like three or four years ago now. I went over to. Uh, we did like a cruise where it went all through Italy and Greece, but Greece blew my mind. Greece was amazing. I mean, Italy, yeah. was too, but Greece was definitely more water oriented for our trip. And uh, and then I also did the yacht week. This sail Croatia. I did all that. Oh yeah, yacht week. That whole that's quite a wild party. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the stories out of that. Yeah, damage from that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's quite a popular one. so what's what's the plan then for uh because obviously you're kind of like mid-season now you're waiting to yeah. get out of uh fort lauderdale and are you just gonna immediately head south as soon as you leave yeah that's the plan well we were in the bahamas for a couple months just to do a shakedown cruise and then now yeah. we're back just getting new sails and new dinghy and a couple bigger projects that we really had to get done but then the plan is to go back to the bahamas what mid-january mm-hmm. And yep. then work our way south from there. Maybe spend next summer in Grenada, finish a couple more projects because that's never ending. Um, mm. Or eventually make our way to Panama is the is the goal. And then we're going around the. So yeah, this year we're going down the Caribbean chain. Yeah. And then heading west from there. Yeah. So you know whatever, however far we can get in a season, you know you got to cross the Pacific at a certain time of year as well. So we're not exactly sure. When, no, when that'll be, there. but our next, yeah, we're, we want to get there sooner than later. Yeah. And from what I've heard, I think it'd be nice to cruise around Panama for a little yeah. while, the San Blas Islands and, yeah, you know. We've already so. done the Bahamas multiple times. Yeah. So we're so ready to, to we're ready to keep, <laughs> diving. yeah, we're ready to keep going. Yeah. You know, we've, we've talked too much yeah. in the Caribbean. We, we have to <laughs> circumnavigate. <laughs> been talking about it too much you have to go eventually yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so what did you figure out about the boats obviously you did all this work and then you took it out for like a test cruise around the bahamas for a few months so like what else did you find out about it and then what what else did you decide that you wanted to do to the boat in order to take it sailing full time yeah so this cool. boat is a badass cruising boat live aboard like it's perfect for the caribbean it's this boat we've made it yeah like we put a massive hard top on it we put tons of solar Solar. tons of battery like a fold down transom it's it's live on it so easily out this thing is badass we even like knocked down some walls Mm. in the inside and made it more hollow than it already is Mm. took out some bulkheads you know cut them down and stuff and just open this boat up so it's like it's beautiful it's like a floating house man it's Mm. awesome we got like a double editing desk where we can yeah, work. Yeah, it looks great. We've got like, it's 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 amazing. But I guess the only, my only concern is it's not like a heavy blue water boat. It's not yeah. meant to just like, you know, nose dive through a damn wave and just, you know, keep going. Like when we hit mm-hmm. waves head on, so it definitely like, it's, it's like a hollower drum and it kind of vibrates and um, yeah, yeah. a little bit, but we're planning on adding some glass to it down yeah. to data. And that's one thing we realize is the bulkhead, okay. probably from the structural damage it had, the bulkheads do move around a little bit. So we want to tab those down. And then I think yeah. after that, it she should sail pretty well. Yeah. yeah. It sails awesome. Yeah, so just stiffen it up a bit. Fast boat too. Very fast. Oh boat. yeah, the quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I heard that when you're going around the world, obviously you're going with the wind and right, yeah. it's a lot of downwind sailing and you're not beating into the waves like, yeah, like you know, the Caribbean. for us to go out to the Bahamas, you got to beat into that southeastern trade wind. the Gulf Stream. And you're like heading into the wind the whole time. So it's just slamming on your hull. Yeah. So the boat can definitely make it around the world, but. Com- like comfort and just security wise, I think a little bit more reinforcement will really you know, put our minds at ease for the longer crossings. Yeah. It's got a, it's got an insane amount of comfort why it's anchored, but under sail, there's definitely boats that are just beefier that can just eat waves better. I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But like, I mean, 
the thing is you're spending most of your time on anchor anyway it's like you haven't bought the boat for a passage making boat you bought the boat to live on so for that purpose it's like absolutely spot on and it's like you said if you're going to circumnavigate unless you want to spend like millions of dollars and get like a hylus or a swan or something um, yeah. you just do trade wind sailing you know just wait for the nice days wait for the right yeah. time of year for the good passages and then that boat's fine like there's, there's no issue with it and that's yeah. something that I realized from my dad's boat, which is like an ocean crossing world cruiser boat. Yeah, you know? that's a heavy boat. Um, hmm. Like so much water, like water tankage, fuel tankage that can store anything. You you know, you could literally live on that boat for a whole year and not have to worry about anything. And then you go to the Beneteau, yeah. but you like in that boat, you don't have the space and the comfort, but you do have the amazing but then you go to the Beneteau and you're like, okay, this is like a house. It's very comfortable. But like you said, I do feel like we do spend most of our time on anchor. And I think just from mm. the two, it's definitely having that homey comfort um, when you're planning yeah. on living a boat for five, so on it for like five or 10 years for living, living wise. Yeah, for sure. But if you had to pick one, for yeah, yeah. If, I had a, if I had a, like the, you know, the great, the GGR race or whatever, where you're sailing around the world nonstop, like, oh, definitely mm. my dad's boat. That thing is a beast. That thing cuts through waves. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a tank. You can't even tell. Like it sails so well, but living space—it's—it's it's really tight for more than honestly two people. It was tight. Yeah. So, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we're we're out there to entertain and have a good time, yeah. and so this boat's perfect for us. And we want to take our time. That. Yeah. But I gotta yeah. say, I was super stressful with the hard top that we put on this thing. Oh. When we like, I'm I met this guy. Oh. On Look, this guy welds out of his garage. It was just, you know, this good old boy from Florida and uh, excellent, excellent work. Like this guy, I'm, I'm going to give him a big shout out when it comes that time. But we built, I designed this hard top, drew it up, gave him the measurements, gave him like the jigs on where all the feet are going to hit. And when he was welding it in his shop, like I would go over there to help oh him. My God. It looked like a damn pole barn. It was like, massive. The the hard top is 12 feet wide and 22, 22 feet long. Yeah. With this, when you count the solar panels in the hard yeah, top. It's a big cockpit on that thing. 12 oh, feet yeah. by 22 feet. Right. Just a massive flat surface. Mm. So I'm thinking, man, if we, you know, I thought it was going to act like a sail like when you're healing. Like I, I was wondering if the, if we <laughs> take off. Yeah. Yeah, man. So yeah, yeah. that was, you know, but then when we set it on the boat, it still looks big, but it's it fits a lot yeah. better than I thought it was going to. But so far it hasn't affected the way it sails and it's, no. it's everyone it's been amazing. Everyone loves it. You can yeah. have like 10 people on the roof and watch the sunset. It's mm. it's sick. Yeah. And with all the solar we added yeah. on to it too, that's the last thing we've had to worry about is power. So mm. it was a great add-on for sure. Yeah. Great add-on, yeah. especially around the world. Uh, what's your um, what's your solar system like that you've got on there? Because obviously you've got this massive hard top with loads of solar panels. How many um, kilowatts have you got up there? We had 2250. Yeah, tw no, watts. 2350. 2350 watts. Wow. Solar. We have six 375 watts panels. Panels, yeah. So, yeah, whatever. And they're very efficient. They're the LG mm. Neon 2s. They're, yeah. they don't oh, make yeah, they're really good. Yeah. But they're like top of the line. So, like, if the the cells are wired in what is it parallel or series the one where you can cover one and the whole panel will still work you know usually on some yeah. of the panels yeah on some of the panels if you get any shade it kills the whole panel well these yeah. like yeah, I mean, yeah. Cool. our our like we consistently see we've got 2300 watts of solar on the roof and i've seen it pulling in 2000 watts yeah you know, and a, con a consistent 1800 watts of solar coming in you know during during, summer, during peak, I guess. yeah yeah and then we've added 50 amp hours of batteries so those batteries are topped off you know especially in the bahamas topped off yeah. by noon every single day yeah we we actually 150 mm -hmm. yeah. of lithium too so no. right <laughs> on, our, on our last on our last boat well, my last oh boat my i woke God. up like like every, every single night, every night it had the loudest battery alarm ever. It was like a fire alarm was going yeah. like in a school. That's how loud this thing was. And it would like, you know, you had to turn off everything at night and make sure only the fridge is running or else yeah. your ass is waking up at midnight with dead batteries. Yeah. And after doing that for a year, yeah. nah, we're getting, I don't care how much it costs. That's one thing I just want to splurge on yeah. and just not have to worry about 
And so far we haven't ever had yeah. to, we don't even have our battery bank tied to our alternator no. and I've never had to charge them up. Like the sun does everything. That's it. Yeah. Well, with like all of our editing equipment too, that was my biggest issue. I couldn't charge anything. Mm. Once the sun started to set, everything had to be unplugged. You know, that's how little power I had yeah. to. So with all of our editing equipment and all that, we never have to worry. We, we work into the night and don't yeah. worry about our batteries at all. Yeah, we can we can run our water maker yeah. too, and oh, yeah. still have our batteries being charged in the daytime. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, so that's fantastic. We're super happy with it. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's it's like it's it's just one thing I can't stress. It's just so so nice, and it just gives you you can just relax when you don't have to worry about do you are you going to have enough energy to like f- turn the electric toilet on at night? Or you oh, know, you want to plug your laptop in. Like, <laughs> I have so many people yeah. that us like or that tell us like oh yeah i'm gonna get i'm gonna get 200 amp hours on my boat i'm like really? oh man uh or they'll say <laughs> i'm not gonna do anything i'm gonna get 400 amp hours on my boat and i'm like no man like at least do six trust me just do six yeah. like just i always mm. try to talk them into a little more than what they think they need just because i've been there and lived that you know stressful life of is the toilet gonna flush <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no mate there was many times like when i've been cruising where yeah i've, I've got up in the night and i'm like i go to press the button and, like, and then you're like oh this is going to stay till like 12 o'clock tomorrow <laughs> yeah. down there. That's, uh, yeah, that's going to smell pretty bad so yeah yeah i mean the storage there is like pretty useful get as much as you can yeah that's really good yeah yeah so, man. so yeah we're yeah. excited to really get some use out of her soon yeah we got yeah. about four weeks and we're setting sail and this time around we're not coming back to florida yeah we're done with the until States we come back. amazing good stuff yeah yeah man yeah so are you, are you thinking of like really circumnavigating like is that is that the plan do you really want to go the full way around yeah. told you we've talked too much shit dude we have to <laughs> you have to go now <laughs> you have to yeah i'm yeah. I'm a man of my word and Sasha is the, is the same way, man. If we say yeah. we're going to do something, we're going to do it. And that is really our dream. It was, and that's, we don't, yeah, we don't want to race around. Like we want to definitely take our time, take our time. And, you know, yeah. we, frankly, I don't even like sailing to be honest, like whatever, like I like it for a little bit, but you know, those day long passages, it's like, all right, let's get there so we can spearfish and, and make fires and all that. So I love sailing. I could sail forever. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're not trying to haul ass around the world. We want to see everything and experience it. So spearfishing and when we say we're going around the world. It's not going to be in two years. It's going to be like five, seven. I don't, I don't even know yeah. how long it's going to take. We want to make it to the med and go hang out in the med for yeah. a little while. So yeah. yeah. Take the boat back. Probably where it came from. I imagine that boat probably started in the Med. Have you traced the history of it? Because I don't think were they sold in the States from new? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. There's not many. It's a Benito Cyclades 50. I've heard some. Yeah, yeah. Cyclades. Cyclades. I, I, I say it. Cyclades. I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, Greek. But um I've heard Cyclades. I don't know what you meant to say. Um, but yeah, it probably came from Croatia. I have a feeling it was sitting there, you know, being used during Yacht Week and, uh, we're going to take it back to Yacht Week, except this time it's like ready for you. <laughs> Dude, we just on like badass speakers, like, you know, there's tower speakers, like on wakeboard boats. We just put two of those on it. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, like they, it's going to scream. So, so the dream is to take it back to Yacht Week. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be party. <laughs> it's hard to. So, where, and and how is all the um, YouTube stuff going? Is that because that that's relatively new? Like you started doing that, uh, or this the new thing that you're both working on now? You started doing that a few months ago. Yeah, it's done really well, actually. It has. We've gotten tons of cool. feedback, and uh, we won the up. We won the um, award best emerging at YouTube channel. Yeah, best emerging YouTube channel at the Annapolis. Boat oh Show. yeah, you got the trophy for it. Yeah, well done. So that was that was really exciting. Um, we both had channels before they had, she was on yeah. sale far side and I still had spirit animal, but as soon as I met them, I was just like too drunk to edit. So <laughs> I thought <laughs> it is boring. So. We did have a lot of fun though. And I had two boats to fix at that point. No. <laughs> and I had a couple questions. No, nah, yeah. No, nah, yeah. She had questions, but she did. They did a lot of work themselves, but yeah. 
it was fun. I was just having too much fun. But now, you know, now we've joined forces in this, you know, we just started posting on Spirit Animal again. And mm-hmm. we've had a ton of awesome feedback and people are loving what we're putting out. So yeah, it's, it's really been exciting. really positive. Yeah. I think yeah. we jumped up. We're at like 20, around we've, 25,000 subs right now. Oh, yeah. We have, but we had over 10 of what we brilliant. started. We had like nine or 10, like, uh, what, like a month ago? In October, yeah. So we're right before we posted the first episode of the new series. Yeah. So So it's going good. Brilliant. We wanted to show people that we knew, you know, we we knew the inside and outside of the bow and kind of just like have a, we have this respect for the amount of work we've put into it. And so to be able to go take it sailing now, it's just, it really means a lot to us, you know, and just to see that story. And I think people really, yeah, we're showing all that. that. Whenever I started the, my channel, Spirit Animal, before Sasha was on it, um, I just started posting like the adventures, and everyone just took me as a trust fund baby and thought yeah. that like I was just like this kid that just got this all this money handed to him. They didn't see all the bullshit I went through. So this time around, we're filming the bullshit, and now <laughs> they respect us because we we busted our asses to get here, and you know we're. We still are. Yeah, we still oh. are every day. It's 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 a ton of work. So well, are you gonna put all the videos online of the of the refit of the boat, like everything they got yeah. to fix and all that type of stuff? Yeah, we just got to the point where you know, <coughs> spoil alert when we were talking, but we just got to the point where we're about to rebuild the engine on anchor. So that's gonna be the next episode. Oh. Mm-hmm. The last one ended with us finding all the electrolysis and us, you know, saying this engine is screwed. And now we're about to get into the engine rebuild and then into the boatyard. And I think within two or three months from now, we'll be, we're wanting to be caught up and get to present time. And I think that's going to take us about three months to get there. We, I mean, half the people that follow us want to see the rebuild. Other half are like, skip this boring stuff, like get to the the fun, get to the fun, get to the parties, get to the spear fishing. So it's cool. I would say the hardest one for me to edit was whenever I was looking at the other boats, I really should have bought that boat in St. Martin. <laughs> and after, <laughs> after right. looking at those videos, I'm just like, damn it, dude, what are you thinking? Like, look at this boat and look at this. Like, you're so blind. Why didn't you see this wrong with that boat? You know? So for me, it was mm-hmm. just like, I found myself kind of yelling at myself through my, my laptop for about a week while I was editing that one. <laughs> yeah it's just getting frustrated about the whole thing yeah (laughs) so uh listen thanks so much for taking the time out and um having a having a chat and the people who listen have learned a little bit about your story that's awesome and uh yeah best of luck with cruising south i hope i hope it goes well and i can't wait to see that boat on the water getting some miles under it thank you yeah Yeah, man we'll cross paths one of these years we're heading your way yeah (laughs) (laughs) awesome (laughs)